And here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about break-even analysis today, and we've even got some pretty good examples, I think. So stay with me, and before that, we're going to have some fun. I found the only ROI commercial uh, on YouTube, and it's not exactly what I was hoping for, but let's play it right now. Here, you, here we go. Truck runs into Listen, the car. Buster, man to man. Yeah. Uh, you smoke a right hand cigar. Man to man, smoke a right hand. Man to man, smoke a right hand cigar. Man to man, smoke a right hand for a taste that is better by far. Roy Tan offers you a wide choice of shapes and sizes to suit your taste, whichever you choose. You'll enjoy the fine-tasting tobacco that Roy Tan is famous for. Come on now, bring it up, boys. Man to man, smoke a Roy Tan. Man to man, smoke a Roy Tan cigar. Man to man, smoke a Roy Tan. For a taste that is better by far. So anyway, they're in the middle of a big traffic jam now. Uh, but anyway, uh, I put in ROI and got Roy Tan. <laughs> So, you did too. Sorry. Uh, always stuff you'd never see anywhere else, as usual. The other day, David Foley sent me his book, Postal Mail Profits in a Digitally Obsessed Age. That's an interesting title. And I'm a bit more than halfway through it. And one of the interesting parts of it was that there was some basic break-even analysis. And so, so here's the foreword written by Brian Kurtz. And uh, and he talks about David writing about the new medium called direct mail. Uh, guarantee that this book will be a revelation to all direct response marketers, whether they obsessed with digital or not. And uh, so David and I have just recently become friends. Brian and I have been, been acquainted for much longer. Um, it's, it might even get some folks who are silly enough to define themselves by a channel, i.e. online marketers, to evolve into something like multi-channel direct response marketers, both on and offline. I would hope so. David says that avoiding direct mail is an error of the greatest magnitude. Using direct mail is a huge differentiator from your competitors who blindly are avoiding direct mail. Okay, so anyway, in about the middle of the book... I just ran across it. There was a basic break-even analysis. And it's not um, dynamic. It's just going over the numbers. And so I thought, hey, that's how I got started in this data stuff, is I presented um, I presented my little spreadsheets, which were break-even analysis. And that led to one thing, led to another. And I got companies like Blockbuster Video and Daytimers, with millions and millions and millions or tens of millions of customers calling me up and asking me if I could make sense of their data. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to go briefly over to the break-even analysis. And this is going to be a little hard to see, but, you know, you get the gist of it. <clears throat> In fact, one day, this this is actually as close as I remember, the um, the the numbers that Blockbuster Video called up about. Uh, Kerry Valentine, the number two guy, under Hesenka, said, we'd like to do a catalog. And we called around, and you're the catalog guy. 
I said, you mind if I ask you a few questions? And they said, sure. I said, well, how many catalogs do you want to do? And they said, well, we've got about 27 million households, so let's just say 20 million. We'll do 20 million, okay. I said, uh, what, um, what are you going to sell them? And they said, well, we could sell them collections of videos and uh, maybe some sportswear because we own the Marlins and we could put some of those jackets in there and stuff. And You know, that's kind of what Wayne was thinking. Okay, that's fine. I said, you know, your average video, VHS video is what, five bucks or something? Eight dollars. So if you had a collection of four, you might have a $35 average order. Does that sound about right? He said, yeah, that's about right. So what's the margin? He said, oh, there isn't much margin on those. In fact, if I remember, it might have been it might have been 35% margin, but I've got in here 50% margin. You can put the numbers in right here. And uh, I said, well, you want a nice catalog or, you know, inexpensive? He said, well, we'll make it a little bit inexpensive to start with. I said, okay, I'll put in 35 cents, which is not enough. I think I put in more like a dollar, but... Um, and then I said, okay, well, what, do you, what is it going to take? How are you going to do the fulfillment? Well, he said, we got a fulfillment center in Dallas, Texas, and we have to use them because they're not always that busy, so we can fill in with this work. I said, well, what do they charge per shipment? And he said, they charge about $8 to pick and pack it. Okay? I said, okay. And part of the reason I wanted to use this story, because I have lots and lots of stories of this little break-even analysis, but part of the reason I wanted to use this story was because of that $8 average order, variable cost per order. And that's something that David didn't include in his uh, in his calculation. He didn't calculate the process per order. I, I did work with George Mosier at National Business Furniture. And when I looked at his P&Ls and broke it all down, I said, and I did a presentation for him, I said, George, you've got about $100 uh, variable cost per order processing per order. He had a high average order size, so it didn't bother him. Well, it did bother him. It bothered him a lot. He said, there's no way I have a $100 average order or, uh, order processing cost. I said, well, you got drop ship and all that. He said, no, no way. Okay. So I changed the fixed overhead, and I put in about like a million dollars. So I put, you know, a million dollars in here and put $40, which is what he wanted. You can do it any way you want right here in these two cells right there. That uh, They work either way. Dick Cabell, on the other hand, uh, he took me out on the prairie and showed me nine big military Quonset hut type buildings. Each was a million dollar square, I mean, in a million square feet, nine million square feet of warehouse he had out on the prairie, not too far from Sydney, Nebraska. And when we went in the buildings, you know, one building would be shoes and another one would be fishing gear and another one would be hunting gear. And he had guys in little golf carts running around picking the orders. And he told me that his uh, his cost variable cost of order processing was a dollar fifty or something like that. I mean, it might have even been under a dollar, like ninety five cents. I said, Dick, there's no way you're picking them for ninety five cents. And he didn't like that either. Um, but it's a very very simple process. You take everything that isn't mailing cost, isn't cost of goods, whatever is left, and you divide by the number of orders you process, and you've got a variable cost per order. But when I plug these numbers in. As you can see over here, all the numbers are red. No matter what average order size, up even if to 50 bucks, and even with a response rate of instead of 1%, 1.6%, which I couldn't figure out why that would even make any sense, nothing makes, it makes any money. The zero is way up here. 
So you're going to have to change some numbers. And I said to Carrie, you're not going to make it. This is not going to work. And I don't want to take on a project that is just not going to work. And he got really mad. And he ended up flying his IT guy up. But then Carrie flew up. And, um, you know, I said, I don't, I'm not telling you, you know, what to do. I'm just saying, what number can you move? And none of these he could move. And, but, you know, let's take this one down to $1, just, you know, one eighth of the cost. Now the, the, the graphs all change. Now we actually get a, a, a above break even if we had 1.6% uh, response rate and if we had a $50 average order or actually someplace in there about around $45 average order. And we can make that happen. So if you said average order is $45, now, now, and we make this 1.5%. Oops, guess we don't need to do that. And now you see right here, this would be right where my cross is. That would be the average order. That would be with a $45 average order, just maybe 46, and a 1.5% response. And the rest of the numbers in a $1 average order, you get to break even. And so you can run this little analysis. There's only eight numbers. And, you know, you can even make it only six numbers, really, if you take this development and make that zero. But with $20 million per piece make that zero and now we're almost doesn't see it didn't change the graph almost at all because it's 20 million pieces right and so now you see how it works now average order i mean the cost per piece if we put this back up to eight dollars i think what happens is no we don't get a star okay now uh i also ran across an article by mike gunderson and mike gunderson is asking how do you budget for direct mail your direct mail campaign and this is all about um, their direct their direct mail calculator okay and um, and he's got some screenshots and he says first you don't you can't say it's ex too expensive you got to run the break even right but he's actually running and this is an excellent article but it's 11 minutes He's actually running, here's the campaign cost, which, you know, you can vary the number of pieces and the cost per piece. But he's actually building a two-step, I call it. Um, and I have one of those, too. And he says, okay, so how many, at, at an estimated response rate of 0.75, you'd get 3,750 new leads. And at a 20% conversion rate, you'd get 750 new customers. We're going to look at their campaign calculator, and I'm going to try and replicate it best I can with mine. <clears throat> See how? And part of this exercise is fun because it helps you understand how another company looks at the numbers. So we start with 500,000 customers and or uh, contacts. We're going to mail 500,000 of these contacts, and we're going to get a response rate of 0.75%, three quarters of a percent. Okay. The average order from Gunderson is $3,500, um, and the conversion is 20%. It looks to me like there's a $300, there's a there's about a $2,700 profit for every $3,500 sale. Okay, so I put in a 90% gross margin, and it turns out this is I, I believe a banking product, so there could be a pretty high margin on it. 44 cents mail cost, which gets us exactly the same number down here that Gunderson had. And exactly the same number of 
targeted leads at, that Gunnarsson had. And we get about almost exactly on the button the same profitability. And that, we're going to back into this. Okay, so if we go and look at Gunderson's profitability, we go scaling down a little bit in their calculator. There's the 44 cents, and it's $59 per lead to generate 37.50, which is exactly the same number as I got. Uh, we got 75, 750 new customers, exactly the same number. Um, but where we, it goes a little soft over here, cost per lead $59. I got 58.67, so exactly the same number. And the cost per acquisition $293. Okay, what's missing in here, and what I don't understand about their cost calculator, is that normally in a two-step, and here's the profitability, and we got we got really close on this one, two million. I got two million seventy-five. But what's missing is is that. You know, I have I put in a cost of signing up the customer. I put in a cost of fulfilling the leads. So when I get a lead in, I get 3,750 leads. I put in a $15 cost of fulfillment. We're going to send them a nice package um, of in, follow-up information, okay? And so, but I don't see that in here. Uh, maybe they're just sending them to a field sales or they're getting them to go to a, a branch office and and maybe that's not part of the campaign. Maybe they figure there's people sitting around with nothing to do. Uh, I also have one where it's a phone out campaign where we actually we actually keep track of how fast they can make calls, that sort of thing, and work our way through. But the but the main point here is that we can we can figure out basically the exact numbers and mirror Mike's financials and yours too. And where I would ask questions would be, is there a cost of some number times this, this uh, 30, uh, 3,750 3, leads? Is there a cost when we sign them up? Is this, you know, is there something they're buying that has an actual real cost of goods. You know, on that mortgage, do they actually, are there service costs, right? You'd think so. So, but maybe the bank doesn't think of it that way. Maybe they just look at that as general overhead and they're just trying to sell. sell. So all these things can be taken into account, should be talked about, worked through. And, um, and that's how we look at direct mail. If you're interested in how that process works its way out, or if you're interested in, me sending you these simple calculators. Uh, I think they're they're self-explanatory. Uh, give me a call. The number's down below. I'll put Mike's article and David's David's the overview by Brian uh, about his book over, which it does have a link to his book on Kindle, over in the show notes that you can get by subscribing to WDMA.org. So have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.